We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for June 23rd, 2013. The next report, precursor to the Mark of the Beast alert, national ID is on the Senate floor. And Harry Reid could vote any day now. Uh, so please watch the video below and take immediate action. Now, I got this from Ron Paul. I'm not on his email list, but it's for some reason, I keep they keep sending me stuff. Uh, this is not an endorsement of Ron Paul, but the information that he gets into is true, okay, regarding this particular subject. So it was a good, well-put-together short video that kind of got into this, and I had no idea that this was the case. But they're always trying to sneak things through with things like this. And the website it takes you to, um, no, Ash, no National ID, is um, it shows these different things. Uh, uh, learn how you can stop the National ID by watching the video below. Now, the National ID thing, I, re- I did reports on several years ago. If you key in National in the search box, and how that could relate to the Mark of the Beast. It's not the Mark of the Beast, but it's like a precursor to the Mark of the Beast. And now they're going to try to attach it with this uh, immigration reform thing. So this was a pretty good little synopsis of of what they're trying to do here. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this video. It's by far the worst national ID scheme the status has come up with yet. They're still hiding their true intentions, but in the wake of recent events, the statists believe they have the perfect excuse to ratchet up their attacks on our remaining liberties. Right now, the so-called Gang of Eight in the United States Senate, including Senators John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and Chuck Schumer, are working with President Obama to sneak this massive national ID card power grab into a new immigration reform law that's being used as a cover for all sorts of status madness. Hello, this is Dr. Ron Paul, Chairman of Campaign for Liberty, with an urgent message. I hardly know where to begin. The 844-page so-called immigration reform monstrosity is a status dream. Not only does this bill increase federal spending, it mandates every American carry a national ID card with their photo and creates a new federal database containing biometric information on every American, such as... I mean, this is really, really, really heavy-duty stuff here. Everyone would be required to carry a national ID card. See, they, they had to try to do this at some point, but they're going to try to sneak it in. And, I mean, this is really a huge, huge issue here that I really don't see a lot of people reporting on at this point. This is why I wanted to bring this to light. Fingerprints and retinal scans. The card would be required for all U.S. workers regardless of place of birth, making it illegal for anyone to hold a job in the United States who doesn't attain an ID card. All employers would be required to purchase an ID scanner to verify the ID cards by making sure the information on the card matches the information in the federal database. So every time any citizen applies for a job, the government would know, and you can bet it's only a matter of time until ID scans will be required to travel, attend public events, or even make routine purchases as well. Of course, the most dangerous part is the biometric tracking technology, which would allow federal bureaucrats to track our every move. This is exactly the type of battle that often decides whether a country remains free or continues down a slide toward tyranny. Once government bureaucrats know exactly how we live our lives, it won't be long until they ramp up their efforts to run them. It will only be a matter of time until they spend their work days making sure you and I don't go anywhere, read anything, eat anything, or drink anything they think we shouldn't. 
Once that door opens, how long will it be before the state is start telling us what we can teach our children or where we can go to church? But while most Americans get caught up with the talk of amnesty, paths to citizenship, and other hot-button political buzzwords, these are simply being used as a cover by the status in both parties who want to conceal the real threat. That's why I'm hoping you'll sign your no national ID petitions to Campaign for Liberty immediately to make your voice clearly heard on this critical issue. If there is good news to report, it's that thanks to the help of activists like you, liberty-minded Americans have been able to render the big government politicians' previous national ID schemes nearly toothless in numerous states across the country. But now the states have an answer for that. Instead of mandating that individual states comply with new standards, the federal government will just take over the process and claim there's nothing to fear about tying a tamper-proof biometric Social Security card into a national database containing photos and other information. Well, you and I know better. It could hardly be worse. That's why I hope you'll take action today. The only way to defeat a national ID card is to contact Americans from coast to coast and explain exactly what's at stake. With your help, Campaign for Liberty can send powerful emails and run Facebook and Internet banner ads to alert liberty-loving Americans to the national ID scheme included in the new Comprehensive Immigration Reform Bill. But I'm afraid that's simply... Okay, so he goes on there to say other things, you know, obviously campaign contributions and stuff like that, which I would, you know, not, not going to tell you to give a dime to any politician, but... As far as the information goes, this is what I wanted to make you aware of. This is a huge, huge thing that they're trying to really sneak in through stealth that there was so much public backlash before that they didn't even try this for a long, long period of time. And now, you know, here we are again, full circle, and uh, they're right on the cusp of probably railroading this thing through. So I give you the link here to the website there, and um, you know, obviously to pray about these wicked issues that we get into as well. And as I've said before, um, the Illuminati, what they'll do is they gauge public opinion. If there is a huge backlash regarding something they're trying to implement. Um, that is a sign to them that, that it is not ready to be implemented at this time, and they'll typically back off for a while or try it another way. Um, if there's no public reaction, if there's just apathy, that gives them the green light to know that they can implement their draconian agenda, and it's all incrementalism. So this is what we're dealing with here. So this is, this is regarding this uh, immigration amnesty bill, which is straight from the pit of hell. <laughs> we, we have the national ID thing in there, but then there's all these other things as well. Here's another aspect of it. Status report on the immigration amnesty bill. Many reasons why gun owners should be concerned. So now they're coming after, <laughs> they're going to try to get us basically the precursor to the mark of the beast, which is the national ID card. I'm not saying it is the mark, but it's, it's, it's a step in that direction. Okay, uh, Would it be able to buy, sell, or trade, you know, like the mark of the beast type of deal? Well, this is pretty much with the national ID card, what they would like it to become. And then eventually they'll say, well, you can lose that. So we'll just either give you the option of putting it in your right hand or your forehead, and that way you can't lose it. Um, so if anti-gun Senator Chuck Schumer passes this bill out of the Senate with a strong bipartisan majority, he has already said he intends to bring gun control back by the end of the summer. Obama would emerge with a re from the fight with a re-energized um, 
uh, passion to take away your guns. Uh, tell them, you can click here to contact your senators and tell them the anti-gun amnesty bill needs to be plucked up by the roots without trying to sweeten it with phony border security measures. And again, it gets into the details in this particular link here, so you can kind of see more. I don't want to, you know, go full into that, but it's just one more aspect of this bill that's just totally satanic. So we have that. And then we have what it's supposedly represented to be, which is basically a gigantic uh, legalization of millions of, of illegal immigrants, and that's part of it as well. Senators on Tuesday rejected building the 700-mile of double-tiered double border fencing Congress authorized just seven years ago, with a majority of the Senate saying they didn't want to delay granting illegal immigrants legal status while the fence was being built. No, we don't want to... We don't want to we want them to all be legalized. We want this. We want this dilution, dilution of our of our um, workforce and, and population. We want these illegals here, okay? Uh, and we don't want to. We don't want them to wait. We want to reward them for for what they've done coming here illegally. And we we sure don't want them to wait to be legalized by building some terrible 700-mile border fence that would actually keep more illegals out. No, 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 no. The more, the merrier. And again, like I've said, if it's evil, our government is firmly going to be behind it. It's gotten so black and white. 20 years ago, it wasn't this black and white. Now it's just like so in your face. All of these issues, uh, it's made my job easier, but it's it's also made it a lot more overwhelming because I, I can't even report on everything anymore. It's just, it's too, there's too much. So, the 54 to 39 vote to reject the fence shows the core of the immigration deal is, is holding. The vote broke mostly along party lines, though five Republicans, including uh, Senator Marco Rubio and the rest of the bill's authors, voted against the fence. And two Democrats voted for it. So, there's the link to that if you want to know more about that. Um, the Senate next report. The Senate immigration bill will be a major boost to the federal budget, but does relatively little to clamp down on illegal immigration. Cutting the future flow by only, they're projecting 25%. So, that's all, it's gonna, that's all it's going to stop. And probably won't even stop that. Okay, according to the Cong Congressional Budget Office analysis of the bill released Tuesday afternoon, it's only going to stop 25%. And this is according to the government. Under the bill, which legalizes illegal immigrants and invites in foreign workers, immigration will total 10.4 million more people over the next decade and 16.2 million by 2033. So again, all part of the design to totally destroy America, lock, stock, and barrel by doing this. No other country on earth that I'm aware of allows illegal uh, aliens to come into their and then rewards them amply for doing so, for breaking the law. It's the only country I know on earth that does it. Supreme Court, next report. The Supreme Court ruled Monday that states cannot require would-be voters to prove they are U.S. citizens. <laughs> so, the wonderful Supreme Court, the black-robed devils of the Supreme Court said, states cannot require would-be voters to prove they are U.S. citizens. I mean, just the total height of insanity. You're legal, 
you have a right to vote. Of course you do. You're granted. In fact, you're granted more rights than the re- than the regular citizens. You you got all kind of privileges they'll never have. And I've I've documented that over and over. States can, can't demand proof of citizenship from people registering to vote in federal elections unless they get federal or court approval to do so. Just again, more evidence of our government just absolutely... It's like the insane are running the insane asylum is what it basically boils down to. They're framing, as the Bible says, framing mischief by a law. This is what is done over and over again. The Supreme Court ruled Monday in a decision complicating efforts in Arizona and other states to bar voting by people who are in the country illegally. Um, So, some of the states are trying to go against this, but the Supreme Court, you know, they're saying that the illegals can vote. No no proof of citizenship is required. (laughs) Next report. Bait and switch. Evangelicals funded by George Soros endorse the Gang of Eight immigration bill. Okay, this is all, we're all talking about, mostly we're talking about this immigration bill, or things that relate to it. We should take notice when a self-professed atheist billionaire and globalist profiteer, George Soros, is the quiet funder of a curious, quote, evangelical immigration table. This is what the name of this campaign is. To promote yet another massive and mysterious piece of legislation in Congress. This time, it is the Gang of Eight Schumer-Rubio Immigration Bill, Senate Bill 744, that we've been talking about, that Ron Paul was talking about, that Gun Owners of America was just talking about. Take away all these things. Take away your guns, give you a national ID card, let the illegals pour in, you know, God forbid they're going to put up a, 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 a border fence. No way. Just legalize everybody and let them pour in. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's absolutely insanity. Through the Evangelical Immigration Table, I'll I'll refer to it as the EIT, a project of the George Soros-funded National Immigration Forum, progressive activists such as Sojourner's founder Jim Wallace will be well-funded to lobby for the Gang of Eight legislation that would almost immediately legalize about 11 million immigrants at first, with promises of better law enforcement later. Oh, I'm sure that that they'll come through on that. Another 20 million immigrants, mostly family members, are likely to follow within 10 years. A $250,000 national radio campaign by the EIT, now this is George Soros, features several, now remember, this is the Evangelical, uh, let's just give you the name again, Evangelical Immigration Table by George Soros, okay, EIT. A $250,000 national radio campaign by the EIT features several evangelical leaders. I, I would imagine they would call themselves Christians. Reading from Matthew 25, saying, quote, I was a stranger and you welcomed me, end of quote. So funny how they leave the rest of the Bible out of there. But And we're going to talk about that in a second here. These ads do not mention the whole council of scripture on immigration and citizenship or the fact that these people are here illegally and have been rewarded over and over again for breaking the law of the land the moment they step foot in this country illegally. Nor do they refer to the actual funding source behind their campaign, which is George Soros, which is pure evil. 
I try to make things on a week-to-week basis very simple for my listeners to understand regarding what side of an issue they should be on. And again, it's becoming more and more and more black and white, where some of these issues you could have said before, well, yeah, but this or that, or yeah, but, but now it's becoming so black and white on these issues. It's so easy to see which is the right side to be on, and which is the side to be against and to pray against. So going further here, um, Mr. Soros and many of the world's largest progressive and politically partisan donors, like the Open Society Institute, the Ford, Rockefeller, Tides, and Carnegie Foundations, those are all pure evil, okay, and their National Immigration Forum, are behind a massive advocacy advocacy project to legalize illegal immigrants. Again, look the, some of the most satanic organizations on the planet. Ford, Rockefeller, Tides, Carnegie. Okay, They are totally obsessed with legalizing all these illegal immigrants to totally wipe out any of the last vestiges of the middle class of America that was here legally from the beginning. This is what they're trying to destroy. Outsource all the jobs. Ship them all overseas. As many as you can possibly do. Dumb down America. Make America sick. Chemtrail them like you wouldn't believe. Poison them like, spray them like cockroaches from above. Coronate the water. Fluoridate the water. Destroy their brains, essentially. Give them cancer. Every way, shape, form you can. And when you go to the hospital, you're not going to get any kind of thing but chemo or radiation, which also are poisoning the body or cause further cancer or destroy your immune system. Or give them drugs, which, you know, devastate and toxify the liver, have tons and tons of side effects. I can't tell you how many ads I've heard just lately where one of the side effects is death, you know. And, I mean... They're doing all this stuff by design to totally destroy the middle class of America, which was one of the last things that are remaining partially in place at this point that has been preventing the full implementation of the New World Order. And they've stated that. And that's why they're very... And granted, yeah, they want to depopulate the world. The, the, the Ten Commandments of the New World Order, the Georgia Guidestones, First Commandments, world, reduce world population to 500 million... Okay, so we're at what, like 6.5 billion going to 7? So you're looking at, you know, 90 to 95% depopulation. So they're doing it for that reason as well, to create a dumbed-down, weak, sickly, unfunded, jobless population to have an ultra-elite class and an ultra-poverty-stricken poor class. And again, when they collapse the dollar... All these people that have all their money tied up in paper, whatever that paper may be, if you can't get to it and lay your hands on it, number one, you can just pretty much consider it gone at this point. And if you can, you better get it out and convert it into things that are real and tangible, whether it be long-term food storage, whether it be gold and silver, whether it be Ammunition. Now, you have to understand, a lot of these things, too, are things you could barter with in an end-time economy. Okay, well, All of these things, water purification, these types of things, when you have these types of things, not only are you prepared, and the Bible says, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So it's not unbiblical to prepare... What if your motivation is to prepare also to protect your family? Is that unbiblical? The Bible talks about 
he that provideth not for his own house is um, worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. Worse than an infidel and has denied the faith when you don't try to protect or prepare for your own house? I mean, that's what the Bible talks about. So we have to also view it that way as well, protecting our own family. I mean, do you want to go to a FEMA breadline when all this stuff goes down because you haven't prepared at all? Now, if God's told you, do nothing, I'll feed you, you know, in the wilderness with, you know, the birds or whatever. <laughs> you know, if you've got that direct word from God, but just make sure it's from God is all I'm saying. You know, because you could use these things as a, as a, a way to bless others and a way to educate them, the unprepared possibly around you that haven't done anything. You know, but again, ideally, when all this stuff goes down, you don't want to be in a real urban setting because, you know, you might have people uh, trying to beat down your door if they know you have a lot of things that you've, you know, prepared for and stored. And so there's a lot of aspects to this. I've covered a lot of these in previous teachings as well. I've tried to give out a lot of resources and you can reference those. Just do a keyword search at uh, contendingfortruth.com. So, um these um these 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 organizations like Ford Rockefeller Tides Carnegie they're absolutely obsessed with legalizing all the illegal aliens in this country and also their ties to islamist islamist fronts like care are also reported so again anything evil they're going to all be yoked up together now it's just becoming more and more plain and clear our future should not be shaped by lawbreakers but by law keepers Again, we're rewarding the lawbreakers, all these illegal aliens, with their families. Here, we're rewarding you. The law keepers, the people that are law-abiding, no, 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 you need to be punished. You need to be, in fact, you need to be annihilated because you're a law keeper. We don't want people like you. We want people that we can control easily and, and will do whatever we tell them to do and are totally dependent upon us and will come and take the mark of the beast Sight unseen, hey, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. As long as you're, you know, footing the bill, as long as you're feeding me and my family, as long as you're giving us our drugs and doing whatever else we, we need, our meds, you know, take care of us. This is what they want. Total dependency on Big Brother. Our policies and future should not be purchased by globalist billionaires. The last thing our nation needs are surprises contained in yet another massive, cryptic, game-changing piece of legislation forced upon us that will forever reshape the moral, cultural, and economic, political future of this nation. This is unwise, unkind, unjust, unbiblical, and evil. Now, I added this part into this report. Okay, so, my comment. Regarding the word alien, okay, as it occurs in the Bible, we read... Again, this is an alien, like space aliens. This is different. Exodus 18.3. This is one of the times it's used. It's used five times. This is one. And her two sons, of which the name of one was Gershom, for he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. Okay? So, what is that? What is the... the uh, his name was Gershom. Okay? Why was his name Gershom? Because he's been an alien in a strange land. His name in the Hebrew means foreigner. Okay? And I, I give you all the references to this if, if you want to explore it further. The word alien in this particular context is derived from the word, uh, the Hebrew word, looks like ger. Uh, and it means either 
um, sojourner or a temporary inhabitant, a newcomer lacking inherited rights. Okay, this is a temporary inhabitor. But this would be a... My comment on this is please also note this would obviously not apply to someone entering a country illegally and thereby breaking the law of that land. In other words, somebody that came here on a work visa or had like a green card or whatever, that would fall under this classification. This classification wouldn't even apply to somebody that was here illegally. They they were breaking the law to begin with. So, you know, I don't know what the punishment back then for that was, but you probably were really risking your life. Now... Of the other four times the word alien is used in the KJV, it is translated from this Hebrew word uh, below, which is nokri. I'm probably butchering it, but um, it's translated from that Hebrew word. And like the first usage we just covered, it's always used in a negative connotation. Okay, So, what does that word mean? Foreign or alien, foreigner, or a foreign woman or a harlot. Okay, so it's always in a very, very negative connotation when you're in uh, like this type of capacity in the Bible. Uh, now, going back to the main article. To steward and cultivate whether a garden or a nation involves wisdom and discernment. We should always want to conserve what is true, good, and beautiful. We should want to nurture a nation that would welcome our children as well as well-intended legal guests. Okay, This does not apply to illegal guests. Because they're not a guest, they're just here illegally. That would mean making distinctions. Lawlessness and escalating violence and and incivility cannot yield peace. Which, when you just promote lawlessness, which is, oh yeah, come one, come all. Millions, millions, come in, come in. Come here illegally, we'll give you everything you want. Have your anchor babies, you'll all become citizens. Yes, we're going to reward you for all your evil. Lawlessness and escalating violence and incivility cannot yield peace. It cannot yield righteousness. It cannot produce good fruit, in other words. This could only yield wicked fruit. Church leaders addressing immigration politics must practice discernment. Yeah, well, my answer to that, because the church should be at the very spear tip of this issue. They should be at the spear tip of going against abortion, the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, but... So many of them are actually going along with it now. Islam, just reported on that. The church, the 501c3 corporate, watered-down, lukewarm, vomit church of America, which is the vast majority, I'm not saying all, but the vast majority, this is the norm. They're going along with evil because they were created by an evil institution. Our government yoked up with the IRS through their 501c3 corporate charter, where the deacons are literally considered the, the board of directors and the pastors considered the CEO, and that's how they designated on the paperwork. I'm not making this stuff up. Uh, read Dr. Dixon's book, uh, Trail of Blood Revisited, uh, unregistered independent Baptist Fellowship.com, I believe. Anyway, it's, it's all easily verifiable um, about this. These church leaders are going along with the wickedness. They're leavened. I mean, they don't read, most of the time, read the right Bible. They're reading some perversion. They're not reading the King James. They've allowed all kind of worldly garbage into their churches. They're yoked up with the government. And that same 501c3 yoking is going to eventually be assimilated into the coming one world, new world order, uh, one world religious system. They're going to have to get off the train at some point. So either they're going to be assimilated in it or they're going to have to get off the train at some point. But these verses, I I believe, pretty much apply 
to why things are the way they are in the church. Isaiah 56, 10 and 11. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark. What I mean, a bark, a dog, a lot of times people have a dog is so that he can warn them. Okay? Robber's trying to break in. Somebody's here. Dog barks. Okay? These are dumb dogs. When, when, I, when I read this last line, church leaders addressing immigration politics must practice discernment. This is what came into my mind, that word dumb dogs. And this is why a lot of times I'll insert Bible verses, because as I'm doing the study, it's like the Holy Spirit puts in these Bible, like maybe just one word out of a Bible verse, or two, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do a keyword search, find it, and then put it in. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark. They're not going to warn. They're hirelings that have no true love for the sheep. The true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep, though. Okay. These are people that are in it for the money. They're in it for the uh, whatever. The praise of men. We're not, des- we're not to desire the praise of men. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That's what the word of God says. So, they cannot bark. They're sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs. They're in it for the money. Which can never have enough. And they are, they are shepherds that cannot understand. Shepherds. But they can't understand. You, you, tell, you try to tell these guys, I mean, I've had so many listeners say, I went to my pastor and tried to show them some of this stuff, and they just, you know, it's like deer in the headlights, or they get, a, they get uh, offensive, or, you know, bring not a railing accusation, whatever. You know, touch not thou God's anointed. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know, if you were God's anointed, why are you doing so many anti-Christ things in your ministry? Why are you going along with so many anti-Christ principles if you're such God's anointed? You know how many times I've heard that? And what an excuse that is for people like so-called Christians not to call another one out when they're obviously doing terribly horrific, unbiblical things and literally leading people to hell in a lot of cases? Touch not thou God's anointed. I am holier than thou. Come not near thou me. This garbage. They are greedy dogs which can never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. Now, if they're your shepherd and they can't understand, it's the blind leading the blind. And if the blind is the blind, the Bible says they're both going to fall into a ditch. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. So you're in bondage if you're under one of these dumb dog shepherds. They look to their own way, everyone for his his gain, from his quarter. It's all about self. It's all about the God of self. It's the biggest thing we all battle. That one word, S-E-L-F, self. It's basically the root of all sin, if you think about it. Self. It's why we sin. Just as the Apostle Paul taught the church in 1 Timothy 5 to delineate among the widows for whom the church should provide, how many times does that happen? And we are called, or the poor, we are called to discern among sojourners like Ruth and Rahab who intend to assimilate and bless from the foreigners who do not intend to assimilate and bless and are here illegally. See, this is, this, this is the delineation among r- lawful sojourners, like Ruth and Rahab, okay, who intended to assimilate and bless the culture they were in, 
And then the foreigners are these illegal aliens who do not intend to assimilate and bless and are here illegally. And to welcome the first group mentioned with hospitality. Observance of the whole council of scripture is to bless both the citizen and the lawful sojourner. It is to, its yield is not chaos and debt, but peace and beauty. Those who oppose the Soros-funded evangelical endorsement of immigration legislation may want to sign the Kuhlberg's letter to Congress at, and I give you a link there. So I gave you three different links today regarding proactive things you can do, and also obviously to pray about it, which is really the most important thing to do. So those are, um, that now going further, uh, nine, I guess nine trillion dollars is missing from the Federal Reserve. Why should any American pay their supposed IRS taxes? Because when you say pay your taxes, that's what they mean. Pay your IRS. Ta- well, there's taxes built into literally a hundred different ways that we're actually taxed. The IRS is just one way. But so for some reason, it's the only one that supposedly counts when they say, oh, you don't pay your taxes. Well, we're going to look at that in a second, where your actual tax dollars go. Representative Alan Grayson questioned the Fed Inspector General where $9 trillion went. This is, you can watch the video, him doing it. Representative Alan Grayson to this uh, Fed Inspector General. Where did the $9 trillion go? $9 trillion. Okay, that's a nine with 12 zeros behind it. An unfathomable amount of money, okay? Where did the $9 trillion go, Mr. Fed Inspector General? Mrs. Fed Inspector General. Uh, Elizabeth Coleman. And she said she doesn't have a clue. Well, she doesn't have a clue. Listen carefully to what she says. They have no jurisdiction to investigate the Fed. Only their quote, programs, even though she's the Fed Inspector General. So, then he goes on to say, get out of paper money, and if you buy gold and silver, get the real stuff, not paper, gold, or silver. That's definitely true. Don't get paper, because it's not worth the paper it's printed on, most likely. This is pure evil. You can watch the thing right here. You can watch the video. The Fed, who has so much to do with the IRS and the International Monetary Fund and all these things, they mismanage $9 trillion, and yet they'll send the IRS to hound people. And now the IRS is going to be in charge of Obamacare. They'll send the IRS, like they're so high and mighty and have the moral high ground to just ruin people over and over and over again when they just conveniently lose $9 trillion, And it's okay. That's fine. But you little, you little devil, citizen there, you better get in line. You better pay every dime to the IRS. Or else. And now we're going to come after you with, with the Obamacare through the IRS. You know? So where do your hard-earned tax dollars really go? If you think the IRS is lawful and that, you, and that your income tax goes to running the United States, watch uh, America Freedom to Fascism. And there's a link here. You can watch the whole thing. Gets into a lot of the stuff I just said. And where do the income taxes that are, are collected actually go? In 1982, President Ronald Reagan formed the President's Private Sector Survey on Cost Control, an independent panel of 160 of the country's top business leaders headed by Peter Grace, also known as the Grace Commission, in order to find ways to cut federal spending. In their report, submitted to President Reagan on January 15, 1984, this blue ribbon panel stated the following, quoting directly from page 12 of the report, 
Quote, resistance to additional income taxes would be even more widespread if people were aware that one-third of all their taxes are consumed by waste, basically immediately, and inefficiency in federal government, as previously identified, with two-thirds of everyone's personal income taxes wasted or not collected, 100% of what is collected is absorbed solely by the interest on the federal debt. In other words, all individual income tax revenues are gone before one nickel is spent on the services taxpayers expect from the government. Not one dime of what you pay into the income tax goes to running this country in any way, shape, or form is what they're essentially saying. Oh, but you're not patriotic. Yeah, right. Let's, let's look at that. What is the IRS? The IRS is not a U.S. government agency. It is an agency of the International Monetary Fund. Where is that reported at? Well, I give you a gigantic court case here you can reference if you like. International Monetary Fund, which is basically like the essence of the coming one world bank financial system that is controlled by people like the Rockefellers and the, and the Rothschilds and these types of high-level Illuminati. It's pure evil, okay? The IRS is an agency of the International Monetary Fund. The IMF is also, an, and the IMF is an agency of the United Nations. Where was that? Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition, page 816. The other court case I cite is too long to cite. So, IRS is an agency of the International Monetary Fund. The International Monetary Fund is an agency of the United Nations, which is just Satan incarnate. <laughs> I mean, United Nations, it doesn't get any worse than that. It's coming one world government, the, 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 the backbone of it. The U.S. has not had a treasury since 1921. Okay? In, in, in a lawful sense of the word. And there's the reference to that. You can read. The U.S. Treasury is now the International Monetary Fund. And meaning, the Treasury or the Fed is actually controlled by the IMF. The IRS is actually the private debt collection arm for the International Monetary Fund. It's all pure evil. Every dime you pay into it goes toward Satan, essentially. Here's Satan. Here's more money. Just telling you what they say. The Fed is privately owned, which means the United States does not control its own money supply. Okay? There's nothing federal about you know the Federal Reserve. It's privately owned. Yet they print all the money for us. Out of thin air. To boot. Must be nice to have a printing press where you can just print money out of thin air. I mean, a counterfeiter tries to do that. Well, they'll go to jail for the rest of their life. But they could do it all day long and get rewarded for it and get more of your money in the process. Now, you can watch this, this video called uh, Money is Debt if you want to understand the modern-day creation of paper money and fiat money, which means fake, essentially, and how that system is totally unlawful, uh, totally an abomination in God's eyes. The Bible says... In Proverbs 11.1, 1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. Well, this is a false balance, what we're talking about. A totally false balance. When you print money out of thin air with nothing backing it. Okay, nothing backing it. And that hasn't been the case, I guess, since you could say 1968, when we were totally off any kind of silver and the coinage. Okay? It's a false balance system. And that's an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. Um, now... A just weight would be like in the old times when you would come in and you would bring um, 
I don't know, a certain amount of stuff, and you say, okay, I have um, 11 ounces or 10 ounces of gold, and you put a weight on there that's 10 ounces. A true weight that's truly 10 ounces would be a just weight, because then you would have, you know, it would be fair. Uh, but a, a weight that was not that weight, but said it was, that would be an unjust weight. Okay, uh, Proverbs 16.11, a just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. All the just weights are his work, the Bible says. Proverbs 20, 20, 23, divers weights are an abomination unto the Lord. Meaning weights that are, like, they'll say it's 10 ounces, but it's really 11. Or maybe 9. It depends on what weight's going to work out for you. Okay? And a false balance is not good. Maybe a balance that's rigged in your favor. One of the last things John F. Kennedy did before he was assassinated was declare his intention to reform the central banking system of the United States. Do you think there's a connection between these two events, meaning him dying? <laughs> there was a lot of things he was wanting to do. There's a lot of reasons that, that I believe he was assassinated. Congressman Lewis McFadden, chairman of the House Banking and Currency Committee from 1927 to 1933, opposed the Federal Reserve System. There were three reported attempts on his life before he finally died of, quote, heart failure. Here's what he said about the Federal Reserve from the floor of Congress. Quote, Mr. Chairman, we have in this country one of the most corrupt institutions in the world has ever known. Now, this is back in, this is like, you know, 1933 or whatever. One of the corrupt, most corrupt institutions the world had ever known. I mean, it, ju it had just been created in 1913. If you want to know more about that, read The Creature to Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffith. Gets all into that, where it was created on uh, essentially the blueprint and all this stuff. And how it was created um, in 1913. Anyway, one of the most corrupt institutions in the world has ever known. I refer to the Federal Reserve Board and the Federal Reserve Banks. Herein after called the Fed. The Fed has cheated the government of the United States and the people of the United States out of enough money to pay the nation's debt. The depredations and iniquities of the Fed has cost enough money to pay the national debt several times over. Even by then it had. And this was only basically 20 years later, max. Okay, This evil institution has impoverished and ruined the people of the United States. It has bankrupted itself and has practically bankrupted our government. This is a big reason we had the Great Depression. Probably the main reason was because of the Fed. Okay, It has done this through the defects of the law under which it operates, through the maladministration of that law by the Fed. Again, they're framing mischief by a law, as the Bible talks about. And through the corrupt practices of moneyed vultures who control it. End of quote. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I know I've covered that before, but some of these things, for new listeners, they need to hear it. They may not know it. And I try not to take a ton of time on it, but it is uh, pertinent. Now, uh, next report. The Internal Revenue Service is about to pay $70 million in employee bonuses despite, I mean, despite an Obama administration directive to cancel discretionary bonuses because of automatic spending cuts enacted this year, according to a GOP senator. There's a link here to it. It's, fr it's right from the Associated Press. $70 million in bonuses. Even Obama said, no, easy, easy. That's pretty bad. But they, they, they basically said, no, we're going to pay him anyway. That's where your hard-earned tax dollars are going. Okay? That's part of it. Paying $70 million in bonuses for being evil to work for the International Monetary Fund, which is owned by the United Nations. <laughs> I mean, it's evil. 
uh, th- this uh, massive protest of the IRS is set. Conservative activists are planning to storm the Capitol on Wednesday. I think this happened this week. I didn't see one hint of this on the news. Nowhere. Uh, to storm the Capitol on Wednesday for what they are predicting will be the largest Tea Party protest since 2011. The protest drawing Tea Partiers like uh, TV host Glenn Beck and Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is a response to the Internal Revenue Service's recent admission that it has been specifically targeting conservative groups for extra scrutiny. The gathering on the West Lawn of the Capitol is being called the Audit the IRS Rally. Oh, that'd be nice. At noon today, we're going to tell the world about how the IRS tried to crush the Tea Party movement. Organizers with the Tea Party Patriots organization said in an email to supporters, thousands of volunteers will rally in the largest demonstration of Tea Party support since 2011. And, you know, hey, if they're going to try to expose the IRS, I'm all for it. So I'm going to go ahead and end part two there, and we're going to go to part three next. God bless you.